All right, turn in your Bibles this morning, if you will, then, to John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. As we continue our study through the Gospel of John, and it's important for us to remember as we walk through the Gospel of John the reason why John wrote this book. And he gives us his purpose statement for why he wrote the Gospel of John. And we find that in chapter number 20, in verse number 31, he says, But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. See, the, the Apostle John wrote the Gospel of John, his account of Jesus' life and ministry. He wrote it, and it was the last of the four Gospels to be written. But he wrote it to um, the church age, essentially. He wrote it to people who needed to know people who needed to be convinced that Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God, that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the one who had been promised, and he was the one who was come that you and I might trust in his name and receive salvation. So the entire purpose of the Gospel of John, the reason why he wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is to draw our eyes to Jesus and this morning, as we look at our text, and we'll pick up in John chapter number 8 and verse number 12, we'll find the second of the I am statements that are contained here in the Gospel of John. This is another one that is familiar with, or familiar to us, familiar with many people. John chapter number 8 and verse number 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He that followeth after me, or he that followeth me, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came, and whither I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come, and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father, if ye had known me, you should have known my Father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury, as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake unto them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, 
Then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And he spake these words, as he spake these words, many believed on him. So it's an interesting text this morning, and it's one that we can easily get lost in. But really, we want to focus in this morning, once again, on Jesus. I've entitled the message this morning, The Light of the World. And really, that's what this entire passage, this entire text that we've taken this morning, is all one event. It's all one happening in the temple as Jesus kicks it off. He starts it there in verse number 12 by saying unto them, once again, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. So the first thing that you and I can do this morning is listen, listen to the Christ. Listen to the Christ. And you notice what he says there. He cries out to them, I am the light of the world. Now this is right on the heels of what we looked at last week. As last week we studied the passage, the first, 12, or first 11 verses of this passage, as Jesus was in the temple and he was teaching the crowd, and you remember the Pharisees, they came in rudely, they interrupted what Jesus was doing, they drugged this woman in who they said they'd caught in the act of adultery, but yet the man was nowhere to be found. And they wanted Jesus, they wanted to trap him, really. They, they wanted to get him in trouble. They were looking to kill him. And Jesus turned the tables on them. And they have all left. And this woman is the only one of the, that crowd that came in. So Jesus is still there with the crowd of people that had been listening to him. That woman was there. In verse number 11, he says, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So I don't know if she, if she got up and left right then or if she joined the crowd that's listening to Jesus, but there's still a crowd that's gathered there. And that's where we pick up this morning with verse number 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So as we listen to Jesus this morning, the first thing that we'll notice is his claim. His claim. He claims here, he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. As I mentioned, this is the second of Jesus' great I am statements here in the book of John. And in this one, he claims to be the light of the world. But if we go back to John chapter number one, and many, many weeks ago as we began walking through the gospel of John, Jesus is referred to in the beginning chapter here of the Gospel of John as this light of the world. We find that in verse number 4, John here speaking of Jesus says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Then it speaks of uh, John the Baptist uh, verse number 7, the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Jesus here in John chapter 8, he cries out to the crowd and he says, I am 
the light of the world. You know, when you and I stop and think about light, light is extremely important in our lives. Uh, we have light on in this room this morning, and we benefit from it. Uh, it's fairly dark in here with the lights off, especially since the sun is behind the clouds this morning. We have some windows, and so we could still see enough to get around. But if you've ever been in a, a very dark place, maybe you've woken up in the middle of the night and the power is off, and you stumble around in your house trying to find a candle or a flashlight or something, your phone maybe anymore, to give you light so that you can see. We, we recognize the importance of light. Just a few Sunday nights ago, we looked at the creation account that's given to us in uh, Genesis chapter number 1. And if you remember, the first thing that God creates when he begins creating the world is light. Light. The first thing that God brought into existence was light. Light is that which illuminates things for us. It brings clarity, understanding, and safety. Jesus, here in the midst of the crowd that had gathered to listen to him in the temple on this day, he stands up and he cries out to them that he is the light of the world. The light of the world. You know, it's kind of a, an audacious statement, kind of an interesting statement. If someone was to get up today and say, I am the light of the world, you're like, wow, they have a high opinion of themselves. Apparently, that was the Pharisees' reaction to Jesus' statement on this day. They didn't believe what he had to say. But Jesus, he calls out to them, he reveals who he is. He truly is the light of of the world. Jesus revealed to all those around him on that day, and really even to you and I today, that he is in fact the light of the world. He is the light of the world. As then, so it is today that Jesus is the only source of light that provides the illumination that lost and dying people need. Jesus is the only place to which you and I can go. The only place that anyone can go to today to find the light that they need for their life. He is the light of the world. He illuminates the path of every man we saw there in John chapter number 1. So we see Jesus' claim, but second of all, we'll see his call. His call. He says there in verse number 12, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So you'll notice Jesus reveals something to us in what he says here. He says, I'm the light of the world. He that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness. We can notice from what Jesus says here that the default position of man... The default position of those who do not follow after him is what? According to John, it is walking in darkness. The reality is, the truth is, that when we come into this world, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We walk in darkness. The other morning I went out to do some hunting, and I got out in the woods, and it was dark. And I had been to this particular location uh, up here near Ward a few times in the daytime, but it was fairly dark 
on the morning that I got there. And I got there around 5.15, and so the, the sun had not begun to come up and illuminate the sky at all. And I was very thankful for the invention of a headlamp. And I turned that headlamp on so that I could see where I was walking, because the path uh, in that particular area is bordered on either side by a whole lot of thorns. And I prefer not to walk into thorns. But, you know, going out and walking, even in an area that you know very well, you try to walk in it in complete darkness, and it can cause some problems. It can cause, it can present some dangers for us. And when we think about life in general, walking in our daily walk of life in darkness is a very foolish, foolish idea. Jesus says that he that followeth after me shall not walk in darkness. So we see Jesus' claim, but when we think about his call, we see that man's default is to walk in darkness. But Jesus here on this day, he calls unto men to walk after him, to follow him. Jesus called out to those on that day that were within earshot of him to come and to follow him. Now, when we think about what it means to follow Jesus, it's pretty exclusive. When you think about what it means to follow someone, you can't follow someone from in front of them. In order to follow someone, you have to be behind them. In order to follow someone, you have to go the direction in which they are going. You can't claim to be following someone and walking a completely different way. And Jesus says that those who will have this light, the light that they need, are those that follow after him. You can think about it this way. If you're in a very dark area, a very dangerous area, and you're walking, and you don't have a flashlight, but one person does, well, you're going to want to be close to the person that has the flashlight. You're going to want to be close to the source of light so that you can see where you are stepping you don't want to be walking off in a different direction because the further you get away, soon the light is gone. Jesus says that those that follow him have the light that they need. But he goes on there. He says, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The light of life. Those that follow Jesus are those that are no longer stumbling and groping around in the darkness of life. But rather, they are those that have the light that they need for their life. You think about light, sunlight in particular. Sunlight is necessary for us for good health. Uh, you can take supplements. You can take vitamin D in order to uh, build some of that back up. But there is nothing quite as good as some exposure to the sunlight. We think about the sun that God has given us and it gives us many, many benefits. It provides us warmth. It provides us light. It makes this particular uh, rock that we're hurtling through space on a habitable existence. Without the sun, we'd freeze to death. But the sunlight is good. It gives us the illumination that we need. At nighttime, the sun bounces off of the moon and also gives us illumination. Sunlight is necessary. When we think about life, the light of Jesus Christ is necessary for life. It is necessary for life. Without it, we are all dead 
in our trespasses and sins. We need Jesus, the light of the world. Without following him, without having the light of life, we will all die in our sins and be lost in darkness. So we see that you and I, even today, we can listen to what Jesus had to say. We can listen to his claim. We can listen to his call. But second of all, this morning, as we continue to walk through the text, you and I today, we can learn from the crowd. We can learn from the crowd. Well, notice their response. Verse number 13, The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Now, the Pharisees, apparently, they weren't really interested in hearing what Jesus has to say. It's not even really a good argument. They just said, you know what? We don't want to listen to what you have to say. You're bearing record of yourself. It's not true. What you have to say, not true. We're not even going to ask about it. We're not even going to try to figure out what you're saying. We're not going to listen to a word that you have to say. Not true. They rejected him. Rather than being intrigued or interested in what Jesus had to say, they're offended. They're upset. They're put off. They say that Jesus' claim of being the light of the world, fake. Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. You know, many people even today, they judge the things of God. They judge the statements of Jesus as the Pharisees did on this day. They say, oh, that's false, that's outlandish, that's silly. I look to the ways of science or whatever, fill in the blanks. As the Pharisees on that day, they believe that they have good reasons for what they are thinking is correct. But the reality is, the Pharisees on this day, they missed an opportunity. They missed the opportunity of their life to follow after Jesus. They missed the opportunity that they had to embrace what Jesus had to say, to follow after him, to accept, to receive the light of life in their lives because they were too proud to listen to what Jesus had to say. The big reason that they give here is they say they think that Jesus is bearing witness of himself. Now, this is an interesting argument because not that long ago, in fact, I believe it's John chapter number 5, Jesus had had a conversation, uh, most likely with several of these men who were still present on this day, these Pharisees, and Jesus there had delineated for them why the witness that he was bringing wasn't just his witness. And he gave proofs. He gave the proof of John the Baptist, that John the Baptist, John the Baptist bore witness of him. He gave the proof that God the Father spoke from heaven and bore witness of him. He also gave the proof of the scriptures and the fact that the prophets had spoken of him. And so Jesus pointed to the fact that he was the Messiah and that he wasn't the only one who was saying that, that he had the witness, the testimony to back it up. And so on this day, these men, they just judge Jesus. They say, no, nope, not true. But really, Jesus had already pointed out to them why his witness was true. But if we look in verse number 18, he says, I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. 
Now, you think about it this way. Jesus here points out that they didn't know God the Father. These are the religious leaders. They are the ones who should know God the Father. God the Father has revealed Himself to them. In fact, of all the people in the world, these men, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of God's covenant people, they should have known who God was, right? He gave them all of this so that they would know. They had it. They studied it. In fact, for these men, it was their life's goal to study it. They thought that they knew, but they didn't know. Jesus says, you neither know me nor my father. Now, it reveals why they reacted this way. If I was to go out here in Cabot this morning, and I was to uh, go up and down the streets until I find someone walking, and grab them by the shoulders and say, hey, trust me with your life. Most likely, they would not trust me with their life. In fact, I think we could probably just remove the most likely from that. Someone who doesn't know me, who's never met me, they're going to look at me and say, why would I trust you with my life? Who are you? And then if I told them, well, trust me because my father, my dad, sent me. Well, for anyone in Cabot, pretty much, it's not going to help that I tell them, hey, you should trust me because my dad says that you should trust me too. Why? Well, because they don't know me at all, and they don't know my dad at all. And that's the point that Jesus makes here. He says, you neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. Jesus points to God the Father, and he says, I'm not here doing my own thing. I'm sent here by God the Father. And they say, well, where's your father? And Jesus says that right there is the point. That's the problem. Jesus was revealing to them that they did not know God as they thought they did. They rejected Jesus. And the, the big reason, the main reason was their pride. They thought they knew everything, but Jesus revealed to them, you guys don't know what you think you know. Verse number 22. Uh, let's start in verse 21, actually. Then said Jesus unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. So they're, they're confused by what Jesus is saying here. They say, well, is, is Jesus going to commit suicide? He's going to kill himself that we can't follow after him? We can't find him? We can't go where he's going? He said unto them, ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. So we see again and again Jesus calls out to them. Jesus gives a credence back to the fact that he is following the Father's will. 
And time and time again, these men, they're confused by what Jesus has to say because they didn't know what they thought they knew. They didn't understand the scriptures the way that they should have. They didn't know everything that they thought they knew. And you and I this morning, we can learn from the crowd because the reality is that people today can have the same attitudes as those on this day. We can reject what Jesus has to say. And many people today do reject what Jesus has to say. And many people today, they're proud. They think they know everything. But the fact is that when we reject Jesus, if you reject Jesus, you don't know everything that you think you know. Jesus says it well here. He says that in verse number 24, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. The sad reality is that these on this day, they rejected Jesus because of their pride. Because of their, how they'd been raised and what they thought they knew, they wouldn't humbly follow after Jesus. They wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't receive the light from him that they so desperately needed. And it's, it's really sad because Jesus says there in verse number 28, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. It's sad because how many of these men on this day, not very long from now, would take Jesus and nail him upon a cross? And Jesus says at that point, they would know. You think of Judas. How Judas betrayed Jesus. And after he did it, he realized how wrong he was. He realized what he had done and he went out and he killed himself. And how many of these men on this day that had heard what Jesus had to say as he called unto them and told them that he was the light of the world. As he reasoned with them and gave them reasons why they should believe in him. How many of them that refused to listen on this day after Jesus died and rose again realized that he was the Messiah, but they would not humble themselves even then? So we can listen to the Christ. We can learn from the crowd. But third of all, last of all this morning, we can look at the cross. We can look at the cross. Jesus reveals there in verse number 28 that he does nothing of himself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. Jesus was doing the will of the Father. Verse number 29, he goes on, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. It's interesting what Jesus says there. Verse 29, I do always those things that please him. You know the reason why Jesus could be the sacrifice for the world. The reason why Jesus could die on the cross for you and for me is because of what Jesus just said there in verse number 29. He did always those things that please the Father. You and I, we do not we cannot even ascribe close to that statement. I argue or I would uh, submit that there's probably things today Yesterday, this past week, that you have done that do not please the Father. But Jesus, 
He always did the things that pleased the Father. You and I cannot attain to that level. And as such, we are in need of Jesus' sacrifice. We are in need of taking Jesus as the light of the world. And really, this is the, the purpose of Jesus' life. This is the, the key that unlocks this whole passage, is to look at the cross. To look at the cross. It was there on the cross that Jesus, the light of the world, was lifted up. You think as Jesus called out to the crowd on this day and said that he is the light of the world, and it would not be very long until they would nail him to that old rugged cross, and they would erect it upon that hill called Golgotha. And there the light of the world would shine in the darkness of that hour. And even still today, the light of the world shines from that place to you and I. Even today, Jesus calls out to all who will listen to follow after him, to cease needlessly and foolishly stumbling around in the darkness, to come and follow him and have the light of life. You know, life is a dangerous thing. Life is a dangerous thing. Living is dangerous. Eternity is coming. And if you and I will walk in our own wisdom and in our own way as the Pharisees did on this day, then we will reap the consequences of doing so. Conversely, if you and I will follow him, if we'll come and follow him, we will receive the blessing of the light of life that we so desperately need. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, it starts with following after him for salvation. It starts with coming and surrendering ourselves to him recognizing the fact that we are indeed dead in our trespasses and sins, that you and I are in need of the light of the world coming and rescuing us. That's where it begins. This morning, if you've never come to Jesus, if you have never turned your back on your sins to follow after Him, may I invite you today to do that. May you come to the light of the world. May you reject following your own ways, the ways of this life, the ways of this world, and stumbling in the darkness that comes from it. And may you come to Jesus and receive the light of life. Christians this morning, have you turned your back on following Jesus as you should? Have you begun to drift, to stray from the light? Jesus said there in verse number 29, I do always those things that please him. You know, you and I, even as Christians, must live in the light of the cross. We must live in the light that Jesus gives to us. In the grace and the mercy that he extends. In recognition that, no, it's not my righteousness that gets me favor with God, that makes me right with him. But oh, how I long, oh, how I desire to live for him, to follow him who died for me. This morning, we won't have a time of invitation, but I trust that you will think on these things, that you will consider the path that you're walking, 
that you'll consider whether you have come to the light of life, whether you have received of the light of the world. For those of you who do have a testimony of knowing him this morning, may it be your goal, may it be your desire, may it be the thing that spurs you on to do always those things that please the Father, to follow close after Jesus Christ, to receive the light that you need every single day, to live in a way that brings him honor and glory.